Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. We always say it and we always mean it. So welcome again. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. We have a quote from a young man named Rand Fishkin, F-I-S-H-K-I-N. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called SEO, all in caps, M-O-Z, all in lowercase, a leader in the field of search engine optimization tools, resources, and community. In 2009, he was named among the 30 best young tech entrepreneurs under 30 by Business Week, and he is all over the place, has a big following. So let's see what he has to say. Quote, an influencer promoting and amplifying your message, your brand to their audience means credibility. It means additional reach, and it means you get an outsized modifier to the conversion process. So what are we talking about today? I think you already have an idea. Influencer marketing. So hello, SMB, small to mid-sized businesses, or maybe we'll call you SME, small to mid-sized enterprises. If you think word-of-mouth influencer marketing is only for big brands, the big, big, big ones, think again. You first have to think about whether this tactic is right for your marketing strategy, then you select the right influencer or partner for your business, then you need to create and execute a campaign that builds advocacy. That's what you're looking here for, somebody who has a big following to be your advocate and helps to expand your market reach. How does it all work? Well, we have three experts today who are going to help us figure it out. Let me just tell you who they are before we hear them. We have Alistair Wheat, W-H-E-A-T-E. He leads the product strategy at a company called Analytical. O-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C, Analytica. I will pronounce it carefully. Joining him is our regular panelist here on Think Big Work Small, Lisa Durrett. She's the chief strategist and founder of a company called Broad Insight. That's two words, and insight is spelled I-N-S. ITE. Rounding out the panel is another newcomer, Amisha Gandhi, VP of Influencer Marketing. Woohoo at SAP Ariba. Thrilled to have the three of you here. Let me see what Alistair Wheat has sent us for his opening quote. This is a quote from lyrics to a song by Muse, the band Muse, and I believe the name of the song is Knights of Sidonia. And let me just read a little bit from the lyrics, and then we will ask Alistair why he picked this quote. So the lyrics start off with, Come ride with me through the veins of history. I'll show you a god falls asleep on the job. Here we go. And how can we win when fools can be kings? Don't waste your time or time will waste you. Alistair Wheat, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And uh, thanks yeah, for- the, the quote, the bit I was focusing on was the don't waste your time or time will waste you because I thought the line before, how can we win when fools can be kings might be a little bit uh, <laughs> controversial. <and open> <laughs> it it so, might uh, in fact be. So we'll just go, I'm going to rewind. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Alistair has sent us the following quote from the lyrics from a song by Muse, written by, of course, Matt Bellamy, known also as Matthew James Bellamy, born in June 1978, English musician, lead vocalist, guitarist, pianist, and principal songwriter of the rock band Muse. There you go. He is an extension, eccentric stage persona, wide tenor vocal range, piano and guitar abilities. And here's the line Alistair has picked, don't waste your time or time will waste you. I think we rewound that properly, Alistair. <laughs> officially welcome. I got so carried away because I found the lyrics to be absolutely interesting to me. So talk to me. We're talking about influencer marketing. We're talking about whether it's a good fit or the right fit for small to mid-sized businesses. And what does this quote have to say about the topic? Go ahead, Alistair. Great. Yeah, so apart from just me really loving that band and wanting to do a bit of influencer marketing for British bands in the U.S., um, I think that quote is particularly apt. Um, just, it's a good quote, just generally, don't waste your time or time will waste you, but I think it's also very relevant to the sphere of influencer marketing uh, because um, we, we take the view at Analytica that um, influencer marketing is something that you do as a partnership with influencers and it's something that you should see as a long-term process rather than just a short-term uh, quick hit. And therefore, if you're going to try and build partnerships with the right influencers, you need to you know, take time to, to, to fight, figure out who they are. Because um, if you get the, right, the wrong people, then you're potentially wasting a lot of time and effort and, and potentially money as well. Uh, so that's why I just thought that, that uh, line was, was relevant to uh, what we're discussing today. And I should also make, make it clear that we are Analytica and nothing to do with Cambridge Analytica. So um, <laughs> we've had some people asking that uh, to us. So yeah, we've got nothing to do with those guys. They're, they're bad, and they don't exist anymore anyway. So, uh, so, that, so we're, we are just focusing on um, social media analysis. Um, yes, and I'm going to ask you when we get to the places. when we get to the part of the show about what's in your cup today and where you are yeah. today. I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your company. So thank you for that, and that's why I spelled it in the beginning so everybody <laughs> would you. make that decision. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. Happy to have you on board, Alistair, and I'm learning to pronounce it the per- correct way because it's spelled A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R. I thought it was Alistair, and you corrected me before the show. Alistair, I will be proper, I promise. So and thank you very like much. ways of spelling my name as well, so uh, <laughs> thanks for spelling it out. <laughs> My pleasure, my pleasure. We want everybody to know exactly who you are and why you're here. Thank you, Alistair. And now Lisa Durrett waiting patiently in the wings, Chief Strategist and Founder of Broad Insight. And Lisa has brought us a quote from one of my favorite, I don't know what he is anymore. He's an author. He's a former dot-com executive. It's Seth Godin. Some people probably pronounce it Godin. I pronounce it Godin. And he is the author, as of 2014, of 17 books, including Free Prize Inside, which was a Forbes business book of of the year in 2004. Purple Cow sold over 150,000 copies in 23 print runs in its first two years. The Dip was another book. He raised so much money with a Kickstarter campaign that it turned into a book contract with a publisher. He has been involved with Yo-Yo Dine and other companies, Squidoo. He just goes out there and attracts people. He's an influencer. He's a smart guy. Uh, Lisa, I get his blog every day still. I subscribe to his Uh, TypePad blog. It's wonderful. It's sometimes just three or four sentences and sometimes a couple of paragraphs, but it always has a business impact. So here's the quote Lisa selected from Seth Godin. Quote, you have everything you need to build something far bigger than yourself. Lisa Durrett, how have you been? I've been good, Bonnie. I'm glad to be back. Delighted. It's been a little bit while, but you you have been a regular on this show for a couple of years now. So tell me, I think you're a fan of Seth Godin, too. Why this quote for our topic today on influencer marketing? You know, I think 
I mean, I'm with you, right? I get his blog every day. I love everything that he provides. I think there's something for everyone in it. But what attracted me to this one is, you know, it highlights the fact that everybody has something within them, you know, whether it's something personal you want to accomplish or in the business world. And if we're talking about influencer marketing, I think there's a way for all of us to, you know, take advantage of that and become our own influencers um, and, and lead, you know, lead businesses, lead people um, with that spark that's in all of us. So tell me something in terms of picking, as I said, it's it's not always an easy process to do influencer marketing right. And yes, the big companies are doing it and done right. It's It can be magical. I think we might be able to say that by the end of the show. <clears throat> but the question is, when does a small to mid-sized business come to the realization that they would benefit from the right influencer marketing partner? Is this something they should do right from the beginning, Lisa? Just a quick overview of your POV on this. What do you think? Or something as they develop to a certain size, when do you get the right to say, we're one to do influencer marketing? You know, I think you should all, I think that there's no reason why they couldn't at least be thinking of it from the beginning um, mm-hmm. and beginning to, to make those connections. Um, you know, smaller companies have to work a little harder sometimes. Um, they might need to build those relationships to their community. Um, so it might take them a little while, but I would encourage them to be thinking of it. Um, have the confidence in, in what your what your business has to offer, the message, the, the service, the product, and be thinking about that um, and then striving to make those connections. Interesting. Um, okay, we'll be talking more about when this thing should happen, when this concept or when this thought mind thought mindset should happen in the business cycle and whether it should start when you're first starting your business and we'll be asking Alistair as well and I'm about to introduce our third panelist Amisha Gandhi we have known each other for years sort of kind of at SAP but this is your first time on Game Changers Radio Amisha so welcome and Amisha has sent us a wonderful quote from Abraham Lincoln 1809 to 1865 American statesman and lawyer 16th president of the U.S. from March 1861 until his assassination in 1865. He abolished slavery, strengthened the federal government, and modernized the economy. I don't know if people even think about him as somebody who modernized the economy, but that's what Wikipedia says, so it must be true. Here's the quote Amisha selected. It is surprising how much you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. That packs a punch. Amisha, how are you? How have you been? Great, and I'm really excited to be on your show. I remember when you first started it. That's right. You and I were in contact. I think you're one of the people I said, quick, find me people with topics, find me influencers. And I remember you were in that circle of people who were trying to help me get started. And that was in 2011, 2012. And here we are, 39 series later. So thank you. I'm glad it took enough long time to get you on the show. So talk to me about this quote from Abraham Lincoln. It is surprising how much you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. How does that relate to influencer marketing? So when you, you know, everyone's talking about influencer marketing today, today, it's, it's a very kind of hot topic. And then, um, you know, when you're, if you're a small brand or if you're a mid-sized company, you know, how can you apply influencer marketing? And I think the biggest thing about influencer marketing, it's about the relationship and the relationship is key and not just for the short term, you know, doing a campaign with an influencer or doing some sort of giveaway or activity, whatever you're doing with influencer, whether you're a B2B company or B2C, the relationship piece of it is very important. And that quote, it's about how 
you are, you know, a lot of brands put out and a lot of companies, small um, to me, put out, you know, content. Everyone's putting out content because mm-hmm. everybody is digital these days and you're on your mobile device. And the best thing about influencer marketing is having the relationship with the influencer and kind of having that, them being your voice and having that ongoing relationship allows them to not become your voice, but help you get your voice out. And so that quote is really about don't, you know, feel that you need to be the one, the only one taking your message. You can Mm -hmm. work with influencers really closely in a two-way relationship where there's mutual benefit. And that relationship is really important over the long haul. And you may not be the one that's your face or your brand, your logo may not be in the forefront. It will be the influencer um, but you need to trust that. And so that's what I'm talking about credit. You know, it doesn't always have to be you that's doing it. Allow the influencer to do that with you. You know, one of the philosophies I have in my program is it's SAP inspired, but influencer led, meaning mm-hmm. you do need to give some control, pick the right influencers, have the right relationships. And so they will become, you know, part of what you know you're doing. They're not going to, tell people to buy your stuff, but they are going to advocate for you. They are going to bring your message to the market. Thank you, Amisha. Question, where does ego come into this? Because I can imagine a lot of young businesses saying, what, we're going to let somebody else get all the credit for bringing us the customers? I mean, what, what, what are they going to be, our spokesperson model? Uh, do you think there's any, any ego that prevents small to mid-sized businesses from reaching out to influencers? What's your thought? I don't know if it's ego. I think, you know, when you have your business, you don't want, you know, you want people to be on brand and, you know, all the, everything to be correct. And part of influencer marketing is the authenticity. And mm-hmm. so it's authentic people bringing your message to market. So they're going to represent it in a real way to their audience, which is more like them and a lot less like you. So, you know, I think more than ego, it's it's that little bit of loss of control. But if you have the relationship and you've talked with the influencer, they are going to, during that process, decide if they want to work with you, want to, you know, be a part of what you're doing. And they're not advertising for you. So that's the difference. Is when they, they're not going to be parroting you. They're going to be bringing a message from what they see you're doing to their audience, knowing that this is what their audience will well, like, if you're B2C, it's, you know, it's more you're looking at, you know, Instagram and YouTube and all the other things. If you're B2B, you're looking more at LinkedIn and, and, and Twitter as well. You know, both will look at Twitter, but, you know, you're more LinkedIn and other kinds of online professional uh, watering holes, right? So that's, mm-hmm. you have to have that little bit of like, okay, I'm going to be okay if I'm not the one to do it. And, you, you know, we'll get more into this as we go, but you can do co-created you know, marketing materials influencers, and you'll get to review it. But again, it's that authenticity that you can't um, get anywhere else. Thank you very much for insights. I'm going to circle around to Alistair Wheaton. Alistair, Alistair, before I ask you where you are today and what you're drinking or what you'd rather be drinking for our What's in Your Cup segment, as well as what Analytica is doing, O-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-A. We're going to keep spelling that so everybody's very clear what your company is. Alistair, I'd love to get your thoughts on what Lisa and Amisha both shared about their, their approaches to the topic. I just want to get a little bit from you. What do you think? Agree or disagree? About about giving up that 
brand pride that I'm the only one who can talk about my company and the idea that you really have what you need and when in the cycle to look for influencers. Any quick thoughts from you, Alistair? Yeah, well, I agree with everything that's been said so far. I think I would just add that it's not really ego um, that gets in the way from a small to medium business point of view. It's sometimes maybe just fear because you're not in control of what the influencers might say. And mm-hmm. I know if it's a, a, a founder of a company um, or a CEO and someone criticizes their business, they might take that personally. Uh, so I think sometimes it's, it's recognizing that there's a great reward to be had from working with influencers when there's a synergy and there's a you know, mutually beneficial relationship um, that often doesn't need to involve just you know, throwing money at, at people to say stuff for you. Uh, like Amisha said, it shouldn't be thought of as advertising. Um, but at the same time, when you're working with people and you want that authenticity, there's a risk that sometimes they might say something that is maybe harmful. They may criticize you. Um, but I think it's okay, especially if you do actually get a little bit of criticism mixed in with the praise. People are more likely to believe the praise. And it's also important that if there is criticism from an influencer about a business or they, or they, they just kind of say they don't want to be involved, that you can still try to just re- respond to that in a, in a mature and grown-up way, not to, not to get into a kind of hot confrontation with them because that can sort of spiral. Um, and some of the people will see, um, let's say, if an influencer starts having a go to business, then we've seen this happen. Some of the other influencers will come along and say, hey, you know, be nice. <laughs> There's no need to ha- have a go at this company. They're just trying to, you know, reach out and, uh, and find people to, to engage with. So uh, I, th- I think it's mainly fear sometimes of just criticism. But uh, mm-hmm. um, if, you, if you take a bit of the, you know, the criticism with the, the more authentic, positive messages, people are much more likely to believe something when it doesn't look like it's all been choreographed carefully. Ah, there's there's the point when it hasn't been too choreographed and scripted. That's why uh, just a sidebar for our listeners around the world: we never script our conversations on Game Changers Radio, and I think you can tell that this is real people having a real conversation back and forth and around the table. And sometimes we say "whoops," and sometimes we say "aha," and sometimes we even laugh. Right, panelists? Of course we do. So, Alistair, it's now time officially for you to tell us where in the world you are today, please, and. What do you love to drink that powers you? I'm looking at your photo. It looks like you've got a tux on. I'm not sure. I think I see a bow tie and a, and a crisp white shirt. What keeps you smiling like that? And just a 60-second overview of what Analytica does. Go ahead, Alistair. Great. So, yeah, I'm in London, and uh, my name's actually Scottish. And in that picture, I'm actually wearing a kilt. But you can't tell that from the top part. <laughs> no, I can't. It's um, just a headshot. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, and I'm actually at my brother's wedding, so uh, that's why I'm smiling so much. So I had a nice day. Um, but uh, and uh, my, what am I drinking? I um, I have actually um, just finished a cup of tea, which maybe you think a hey, surprise English guy, a half English guy <laughs> drinking a Ooh. cup of tea. Um, but I do drink a lot of coffee. Um, but my, the the drink I wanted to give a shout out to is a is a local London beer called Camden Hells, which uh, if it was this time tomorrow, then I would be drinking because uh, we're we're allowed to get the. Uh, drinks trolley out at three o'clock on Fridays so uh, I'll be having that tomorrow and um, yeah so that was uh, I think that was all the questions wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what is a drinks trolley that's something I haven't heard before what is a drinks trolley oh yeah so Friday uh, end of the day we're we're allowed to have a a, a tipple of our choice just to keep us all uh, uh, in the mood for the weekend keep us working before we start switching into weekend mode very interesting. I've never heard of the drinks trolley, and I've, I've never heard the word tipple. So that's that's some new vocabulary we've added to our part of the show called What's in Your Cup today. I'm looking up uh, Canton Hills beer. I'm finding something called a 
Blue Hills Brewery in Canton, Massachusetts. I don't think that's the one you're talking about, is it? Yes, nope. it's Camden. Oh, it is. Uh, C A M D E N. Oh, Camden. C A N D E N. Camden in London. Camden and in London. H E double L S because it's made from. It's a like Heller's. Oh, my. Okay, here we go. All right, now there's even something called, here we are, Camden, C-A-M-D-N, Hells, H-E-L-L-S, Lager, Camden Town Brewery. It's on beeradvocate.com. It's on ratebeer.com. And raise a glass to great beer. It's at camdentownbrewery.com. And they have a branded glass. Do you use the special glass, Alistair? Uh, I haven't got one of those, actually. I didn't realize you could get one, so I should be Googling this. I, yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it, and I see a picture of the music industry so far. Yeah, I see the bottle, and the word Hell's is very, very large on the bottle, but I have yet to see a picture of the branded glass, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to find that for you. I'm not saying we're going to send it to you, but we're going to, we're going to find the information for you. Yes, there's a special glass you can get it on Amazon. You, oh, here it is. Okay, Camden Town Brewery Pint Glass. If you go to Amazon, you can find it. It's a glass that's kind of, uh, smaller at the bottom, wider at the top. It's clear glass, and it has photos on it, not photos, it has uh, like illustrations of people in various positions with their hands up, some of them have red hair, some of them don't have any hair, and they're all around the sides of the glass and then the logo Camden Town Brewery. So next time we speak, I want to know if you have bought yourself one of those glasses. There you go. I definitely will. Amazon, there you go. We learned something from each other. Thank you very much. Oh, now tell us, 60-second overview, what does Analytica do? What are you up to? Okay, so we are a, a software company specializing in influence marketing, and uh, we, we, our background actually originally was in predictive analytics, and it was really through work with our clients that we started to focus more on analyzing influences. So uh, we help clients work with influencers on an organic basis, so we're not really focusing on these more sort of influence advertising model where brands are looking just to pay influencers to say stuff for them. Uh, we try to find influencers that are experts on certain topics, so we've got a special algorithm that we used to, uh, to rank people based on their credibility on, on key topics and uh, their content creation. Uh, so uh, we also have then a professional services team that helps to advise clients to, uh, to build these sort of programs over a longer-term period, normally sort of six months to two years. Okay. Or Thank longer. you very much. Nice to get to know you. And now I'm going to move on to Lisa Durrett. Lisa, what have you been up to? Where are you today? And what do you love to drink at Broad Insight? I'm in Atlanta today. Um, <laughs> Had an early morning start with most mornings, so I've got my uh, minty coffee right next to me here. My, um, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice this morning. My uh, vanilla latte, so keeps me going to at least lunch. <laughs> well, that's um, good to know. We've been busy at Insight. Yeah. yeah, we've been busy growing, doing good. It's our second year, so very excited about that. Um, we work with small to mid-sized enterprises. Um, and help them really get their marketing either in place or, you know, going in the right direction. We come in, um, help them get their messaging on track, and then work with them um, on developing the right content uh, to deliver on their goals and, you know, marketing that content out uh, to their target market. Thank you very much. Good to catch up with you. And now let's go to Amisha Gandhi. Amisha, where are you today? What do you love to drink the most? And give me a little bit about what you do at Influencer Marketing at SAP Ariba. Amisha. Sure. So I'm in the little bit of, um, looks like it's going to rain in San Francisco. Oh. Um, so I'm out on the uh, left coast of the U.S., um, as they say. So 
Um, and what's in my coffee today is actually some blue bottle coffee with um, foamed almond milk. So um, mm. I'm a true um, coffee nut, and there's a lot of coffee in San Francisco, different coffee houses, and my favorite is called Blue Bottle, and it's their drip coffee. It's slow drip, so you put in a special cup, and it drips and takes, you know, a while to come out. And then um, I add foamed almond milk to it. So that's my that's what's in my cup today. So that's my favorite morning drink, and because everyone's talking about, you know, what maybe they might enjoy in the evening, my favorite drink there is an aviation, and it's a Prohibition-era drink. So there you have it. What is an aviation? What What is it, a beer or a wine or what? And it, Aviation is a Prohibition-era drink, so it's gin, maraschino liquor, uh, which is Luxardo, um, and uh, lemon juice, and a little bit of cream de violette. Wow. Well, that's introducing some new concepts for us. I'm looking up a recipe here. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. It looks like it's in a martini glass. Aviation cocktail. No, I don't want to. It won't let me in. I'm 21. Yes, I'm 21. I can read this. Thank you very much. They're protecting me, Amisha. Noted for its beautiful color, this old school gin aviation cocktail mm-hmm. is as blue as the sky. Created before Prohibition, this staple was lost to the U.S. after the Nobel Experiment in Capitals. Luckily, the return of lots of classic. Classic liqueurs and quality spirits put this cocktail back on the market. Two ounces of gin, half ounce of maraschino liqueur, quarter ounce of creme de violette or creme yvette, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and the cherry on top is optional. Add to a shaker, fill with ice, shake and strain, garnish with cherry if desired. Oh, this is wonderful. It's strength, it's strong, it's simple, it's for an evening, and the brand is creme yvette. Did I get it all right? Yes. Okay, we like to get it all right. Now tell me, what do you do, now that you're all powered up, what do you do at Influencer Marketing at SAP? So, um, at SAP Arriva, so I oversee the analyst relation um, partner and influencers uh, team. And so, you know, we call it the influence marketing team. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means when we talk um, about the practice. But we're really looking at how do you bring the different types of influences on a customer? You know, we're we're most you know we're a B two B brand, um, so how do we bring you know all the influences over a customer during the you know longer um, sales cycle? How do we influence that through these types of influences, right? So whether it's analysts through analyst reports, which gives us some third party validation, to co creating materials with experts and other influencers who can be thought leaders, academics, you know, how do we work with them to kind of bring our story to life, to create some co-branded marketing materials? And we look at the whole journey. So all the way from, you know, social media and events and live streaming Mm -hmm. all the way down to advocacy. And, you know, how can we work with customers? Because don't forget your customers are your biggest advocates and can be, be influencers as well. And so can your own employees. You know, even if you're a small business, your own employees can be, you know, your kind of brand ambassadors and advocates as well as your customers. You know, customers, like you were talking in the statistic, people really make a lot of decisions before they even come to you or know about mm-hmm. you online. Um, and who do they listen to most? Their own peers or people that are like them. So, um, you know, those would be your customers. So that's something definitely to think about. And then, you know, we have a lot of partners 
at SAP Ariva. So how can you, you know, work with your partners because they can be influencers also. If you combine everything together, um, it can be kind of a powerful movement. Thank you, Amisha. Very, very interesting. We're talking, in case you're just tuning in, you haven't guessed, we're talking about influencer marketing. There's a colon after that phrase, not just for big brands anymore. Speaking with three experts in the field, Alistair Wheat at Analytica. I'll spell it again, O-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-A. Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight and Amisha Gandhi at SAP Ariba. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and they don't let me anywhere near coffee or caffeine on radio show day, so all I'm allowed to drink is cool, clear water. I have a couple of ice cubes in, and I think it's going to be in the 80s here, Durham, North Carolina, and I just discovered that a family of swallows have created created a nest right outside my front door on what the former owners of the house had installed some kind of a camera that's not working. Why it's pointing at the front door, I have no idea. But they put a muddy nest up on the top inside the little alcove out the front door, and I'm going to try and get some pictures and see what's up. I suspect there's some eggs in there, and there's some nurturing going on, so we shall see what comes in the next couple days. Birds are flying very close to the house, and I knew something was happening. So there, you're listening to Game Changers Radio. This is Think Big work small. Have to do a shout out to Lorraine Maurice, the sponsor of this series. I hope all is well, Lorraine. And Brittany Gu, G-U-H, is working with Lorraine to put these shows together. So thank you, ladies. Great topic. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Alistair Wheat will help me start the roundtable. We're going to talk about everything about influencer marketing. If you pay for it, whom should you pay? How do you work the deal? How do you make sure they're true to your brand? Who does get the credit? When do you know as an SME or SMB that it's time? Is it part of your initial business plan. When does the light bulb go off and you say, aha, this is bigger than us. We need other people to talk about us. So we'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise 90 seconds. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Exactly right. We're talking about influencer marketing. Is it right for your SMB or you call yourself an SME, small to mid-sized enterprise or business? You are our audience. We're talking to you here today with Alistair Wheat at Onalytical. Starts, Onalytica starts with O-N-A. Uh, Lisa Doretta Broad Insight and Amisha Gandhi at SAP Ariba. And Alistair's going to help me start off the roundtable in earnest. We've been kicking around the topic for a while, but now we're going to get down to some really important tips and tricks and insights important for you out there in our listening audience all over the world. So let me read a couple of statements Alistair sent me before the show and then he will expand them. Then we'll get Lisa and Amisha to chime in on whether they agree or disagree and then we'll go pick a topic from Lisa and one from Amisha. Alistair says the following, don't just think about influencer marketing as getting influencers to say stuff for you. Think about what you can learn from the influencers. Make sure you have an influencer list listening strategy in place. Fascinating. Alistair, please explain what does this all mean? Okay, thanks. So um, it's interesting actually having this conversation about influencer marketing today because um, tomorrow um, Clout is, is closing its doors. Um, really? No coincidence that's, yeah, on the same day as uh, GDPR comes into effect. Um, but uh, interesting with Clout, they were one of the early pioneers in this space um, and trying to actually create a school for people based upon their own, on an influence. And, and I think they did, a, they did you know, some good stuff in pioneering some ideas, but I think one of, a couple of things they did wrong was they tried to create like a single score for everybody. And the key thing with influence is that it's contextual. I don't think you can just give a person just one score um, and then compare everyone based upon one score. You have to always think about their influence on a specific topic or to a specific audience or you know, in a specific location. And so with um, SMEs or SMBs looking to work with influencers, mm-hmm. they really need to think about what are the topics that, that matter for them as a business, um, are there particular audiences that matter to them, and it may also be that they are working in a specific uh, you know, geographical location. So for the, in terms of influencer listening, what that means is that if you actually go out and take the time to understand who's really influential on the topics that matter to you as a business, and it could be on B2C or B2B topics, you can actually then learn a lot just by observing the people who are creating good content on those channels. It may not be the case that you will ever do something with these influencers, but you can still learn something from them, which can then be used to inform your own content strategy. Um, and ideally, obviously, some of these influencers will be people that you can work with, um, and it could be in a paid capacity or it could be some other partnership. But I think too many businesses just look at influencers as being a channel. They just look at us, you know, marketing, here's, you know, paying some money, tell them to, what, tell them to say something. And there's loads of influencer marketing um, platforms out there that are geared up to kind of facilitate this um, uh, sort of almost uh, this, uh, like an ecosystem where you can, influencers come and they want to get paid by brands and brands will go in and find, you know, so-called micro-influencers to, to go and give them a, a little brief and they'll go and pay, start, pay them to do stuff. But... Actually, influencers can, if they're doing it right, there, there's some things that they're doing, maybe the topics they're talking about or ways that they're creating content that SMBs can actually um, learn from and to actually make their own content better. Um, it's also about keeping topical. So if you understand the hot topics that influencers are talking about, you're getting ahead of the Google search trends, you're getting ahead of the trends that, mm-hmm. that your peers may be um, picking up on. 
um, and you want to start then writing content that's actually really connecting with what the influencer community are talking about. And that might then mean the influencers come and get in touch with you and want to work with you rather than you always having to go out and, and uh, introduce yourself to them. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Good insights. Lisa Durrett, agree or disagree or add on to what Alistair shared, please? Um, I absolutely agree with what he's saying. Um, <clears throat> it, it's all relevant to the space that you're in. So <clears throat> I don't think necessarily thinking that you have to have the biggest name out there or the most well-known. It, it's dependent on the space either that you're in or where you want to be and finding that right uh, influencer for that. Um, I know we mentioned earlier, too, about looking internally as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we do at Broad Insight, we're a big proponent of looking inward and finding, you know, those experts that are right within your own walls and and helping them become brand ambassadors for you as well. So I absolutely agree with, with what Alistair is saying and then um, definitely looking within as well. Interesting. I want to hear what Amisha has to say and then I have a comment on all of this. Amisha, join us, please. I mean, I think it's really powerful, right? Because those are the people that are the closest to you. They're the ones that can really bring your, you know, message and they know it and they're very passionate about it. And that's all very authentic and that's all very real. And I think, you know, that's, that's what it's really bringing. And that, that <clears throat> is the kind of influence that you could never buy, right? So I think it's really important. Thank you. My comment, Alistair, before I go back to you to round this out, before we move on to a topic from Lisa, and I have one picked out already, Lisa. My comment is when we think of brand ambassadors and, and your own employees, I think Amisha started saying this a few minutes ago, and, and Lisa reinforced it. Uh, I think of people who work in big box stores here in the U.S., and you walk in and you ask them for something, they have no idea what the inventory is, they can't help you, or they say, oh, we're sold out, come back in a month or two, they don't know what's going on. Isn't that the the ground level of influencer or brand advocacy is how your workers behave? I'm talking about... Uh, I'm talking about brick and mortar, of course, how they behave, even your customer service reps. Isn't this where you build that influencer or am I, am I barking up the wrong tree? Uh, Alistair, why don't you tackle this one? Let's just go around the table quickly about this one. Are your employees on the front line, so to speak? Are they your brand ambassadors, advocates slash influencer marketing people or not? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I think one of the great things about this whole era of social media is if you've got a, a brand that you know, has this great persona online and they're doing some really cool stuff in marketing, but their customer service really stinks and their staff in the stores are rude, it's going to come out, you know, and, uh, and, the, the, and people will, will go to social media to complain about it. And so that's why I think it, it works best if it's something that's really root and branch. It's, it's a company culture thing. And it's going to be a lot easier to do when you start working with influencers um, to, to maintain that culture um, if the engagement with influencers is actually sometimes done not at a corporate brand level, but at a person-to-person level. So it might be that the way of engaging with influencers isn't to do it through the official you know, corporate brand channel or the kind of a, a, a message from the central marketing team, but from someone who's got a relationship with an influencer. It could sometimes be that there's a, a really influential, if it's a B2C company, there's a, an influential local person, and they build a you know, connection with someone at the at the store, you know, get a picture um, of the, the local customer service rep um, who maybe, you know, gets to know the influencer. You know, try and, try and build on those relationships rather than just doing it at a brand level. Thank you very much. Let's go around to Lisa Durrett. What do you think about that frontline advocacy slash influencer? Um, 100% agree. Um, the best 
place that you can start. You know, we talked about earlier when can a small business start um, actively, you know, engaging in influencer marketing or, you know, when should they plug it in? I, I think that would be one of the easiest ways for a small business to get started. Um, look inside. You have loads of, uh, you know, knowledgeable people. They're, they should be knowledgeable about your business and what you're offering and, and the value that you bring. Um, so if a small business is wondering, you know, are we ready? Can we get started? I would think that that is the first and the easiest place for them to look to get started. Thank you very much. And now, Alistair, do you want to wrap that topic up that we just covered from you, or, or are you done with that? Because I want to move on to something in Lisa's notes. Oh, yeah, let's, let's go and hear what Lisa has to say. Okay, thank you very much. Lisa, let's talk about how this has all expanded. You say influencer marketing has expanded exponentially over the past two years. We've seen the industry, and I'm intrigued with your saying the industry. Is it an industry? Is there money to be made here? Uh, from a rising marketing tactic to an essential part of most marketing budgets. Let's talk about the money part of it. Let's talk about the industry part of it. Is it an industry in and of itself? Could somebody go out, graduate from college and say, I'm going to become a micro-influencer. I'm going to become a thought leadership influencer. I'm going to become a marketing influencer and companies will hire me to be their advocate. How does it work, Lisa? So, you know what? I never thought of it that way, but, you know, why not, right? But, of course, you have to establish yourself. <laughs> you have to establish yourself <laughs> as an expert or as an influencer in some area. So, hadn't thought about the reverse of that meaning. Can somebody look at it, look at it as a career? But I can tell you from a marketing perspective, you know, when we talk with our clients, you know, the first thing that we do when we take a look at not only their messaging, but what is their... What is their marketing plan? What is their content marketing? You know, how are they building their community? And if they don't have those pieces in place, that's one of the things that we, you know, incorporate into our work that we do with them. Let's start building those connections. Let's start identifying who are, you know, potential outside influencers, right? Because we're already mm -hmm. talking about, we've already talked about looking inside. But, you know, within your industry, uh, within, you know, like, where is it that you are now? What influencers can we connect with? Can we start building those relationships and then start seeing, you know, can you make that connection? You know, can they, will they be willing to work with you and maybe guide you? And then eventually, you know, maturing that into a place where they might want to become an influencer for you. The opposite is true. And we did this, you know, pretty well at AT&T when I was there. And we actually built... Uh, the small business influencer marketing program that they had. And we started from scratch. So what we did was we went and found, uh, you know, outside experts that were experts within the small business space. Some were new and upcoming. Um, at the time, you know, Mario Armstrong was one of the first ones that we engaged with. He was very new, and now he's, you know, exploded out onto the scene. He has his own show and everything now. Um, and then we went and got some really well-known ones as well. Um, and, you know, when you're a large organization like AT&T, you have the benefit of budget to back that up. So those influencers, we, of course, did pay. Small businesses may not have that luxury, but that doesn't mean that they can't engage with influencers, build that connection, build that community, and, you know, bring them in as well and get them to, you know, either on a, you know, side basis or, you know, a non-formal basis become an influencer, you know, but they may, you know, some do mature to the point where they say, you know, I think we want to look at a more permanent relationship. Thank you, Lisa. Let's get Amisha Gandhi to chime in on this. Amisha, thoughts, agree or disagree? 
I agree um, completely with Lisa, and I think, you know, when we're, you know, and I'm, I'm so impressed with that you um, kind of grew the um, SME-based, um, you know, influencer marketing because, you know, influencer marketing is not, you know, something that's so cut and dry, right? So this is why we're having these discussions and kind of coming together. But I do agree with what Lisa is saying, and I, you know, want people to think again about, you know, the, the long-term approach to what they're doing, um, you know, as they're, you know, taking the practice on, like, you know, Lisa's mentioning, but, you know, think about it in a long-term view as well. And that's the one thing I can add to her really great comment. Thank you very much, Alistair. Let's go around the table to Alistair Wheat at Analytica. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I think just to pick up on this, the, um, the, the changing role um, that uh, uh, influencers have taken has gone from initially being really about the sort of celebrity Piece. And I think one of the things that's driven this change um, has been two things. One is um, Instagram has obviously been the, the platform where much of this mm-hmm. um, influence marketing practice has, has, has flourished and really boomed in the last couple of years. That's been in part driven by the, the free API from Instagram. And so it's been quite cheap for um, third-party vendors to build a platform that allows um, influencers to come in and to get that data and to do it all really relatively cheaply from a data mm-hmm. point of view. Um, Instagram shut that um, API down now, and we're still, we're still going to need to see what the impact of that is. Um, some of the influencer marketing platforms that have um, got all these influencers subscribed in order to try and um, you know, get money because you know, it's kind of like a career for them, have, some of these platforms have advised the influencers to switch their profile from being a personal account to, build to a business account in order for them to still have a, a link to that platform. Um, I think um, Tap Influence, for example, have, have done that. Um, and they, they've said like something like 80 90% of their influencers have switched from being a personal to a business profile. Um, but mm-hmm. then other platforms have, have really decided not to do that because they're worried about um, what the impact on the influencer will be and if Instagram then might curtail the organic reach of those influencers. Um, and because it, there, there are rumors about Facebook launching their own um, influencer platform. Um, mm. And they, they have you know, a different view on what, what the influencers are there for. It's probably going to be less about reach and more about other things. So um, I think it might, might be a career, but it'll be less about reach and about, uh, more about other things, maybe the, the kind of creativity of the influencers. So I think the, the paradigm is going to shift oh. significantly. Yep, go ahead. Who I was going to jump in really quick. I just want to say, you know, Alistair is hitting a really key point, and this is something that, you know, is often discussed and people say, why do you, you know, pick the influencers that you're working with? And I think, you know, it's not just the reach. I mean, people think like, wow, it's such a big number. People can get fake followers very easily these days. There's so Mm -hmm. many tools out there in social media. So you have to kind of look beyond the social media reach and you have to look at the engagement that's happening online with that particular influencer. If they have a lot of followers and they have a lot of real authentic comments and they have, you know, people commenting on their blog, not just in social media, but other places where they are. Um, if they're purely a social media influencer, and that happens a lot in the B2C space, is you really want to look at that engagement and then click on it and see who those people are in some of those profiles. Because again, some there are tools out there that'll get like, you know, people to do things. There's like, and also chatbots. So you really want to take a little bit look under the covers, if you will, to make sure. But I think engagement is really the key to see. You know, somebody can have a very small audience, but have mm-hmm. a very engaged audience. And actually, more people are, will see your content than less, not just, you know, people with that large reach. So, 
you know, if you're an SME, you're certainly not going to be looking at um, celebrities, but you can look at micro-influencers, and they are a lot more open to, you know, maybe unpaid or, you know, lesser paid opportunities. So that's something to keep in mind. That was exactly what I was going to ask you to talk about. Oh, no. So you, yo, it's perfect. It's perfect because we have just about two minutes left before we have to go into our predictions round. And I was looking at your statements and saying, what didn't we cover? Well, we didn't talk about these micro-influencers. And as you're speaking, I'm reading and saying, oh, that's what she's talking about. That was perfect. But I do want to read one more statement from your notes, Amisha. That was great. Uh, you, you jumped in exactly the right time. Uh, you you mentioned here in a recent survey from Demand Gen Report, and I think this is interesting and important, 64% of respondents, and I don't know who they surveyed, but it, it sounds like it's important, 64% of their respondents gave high credence to content from third-party publications, analysts, or peers, compared to only 7% that said the same credence for brand-generated content. So it sounds like the trend is we don't want to hear you talking about yourself. We want to hear other people who are credible talking about you. Can we sum it up that way, Amisha? Yes, we can. We most definitely can. You know, we, we started this conversation with the quote, right? And that's the reason why I chose the quote. But I think it's, you know, when, you know, you are looking at influencer marketing, you know, people think about it only as, you know, social media or blog coverage. You know, we look at it, you know, especially in the, when, if you're a B2B, if we're looking at it and the sales cycle is much longer, right? No matter what your size is, it's, it's a much longer sales cycle. So we have to think about, you know, what are the different ways to engage our customers, and this is also true on the BDC side, right? You, we're not just going to look at the social media piece. We're going to look at deeper in the funnel and see how we can work with influencers as partners to co-create materials, to co-create, you know, anything from like webcasts that, you know, can you can have leads, you know, generate out of that to, you know, email nurture to, you know, even bringing them to some events. Right. So that's top of funnel mm-hmm. again. But you could bring some people to events, get some social media. You could do an ebook, or you could do something on your website where you have quotes from influencers. You're not saying buy this product, but they could be adding context for that topic area that your product represents. And it helps bring your and draw and engage your audience. So you're getting, you know, when you're co-creating with influencers, you're getting, you know, probably able to drive more demand, drive more traffic. And, you know, you know, capture a new audience as well. So I think those are the things that you're looking at when you're working side by side with influencers, kind of co-create these materials with you. And then they have their own channels. They're kind of putting it, they're putting it in their voice what they're, they want to bring to the market about what they're doing with you or an experience they had that they're going to share with their audience or some really interesting content. You can make some interactive content and they're going out and sharing that content that they're a part of, but it's more thought leadership and less, you know, you know, buy this product sort of thing. So that's something. Thank you, Amisha. I need to stop you because we've only got three and a half minutes left and I need to give everybody a chance for their prediction. So we're officially into the crystal ball predictions round. Let's keep it under 60 seconds. Alistair Weed at Analytica, O-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-A. I I keep saying that because we know why. (laughs) Alistair, what's going to happen, let's say between now and 2020? I know it's a very short window, but I think a lot has happened in this area and I want to be an influencer marketing person for hire when I grow up so I'm just going to say that Alistair 60 seconds keep it tight predictions go okay well I think first of all we touched on this a bit already um, reach is going to be less of a focus I think that in many ways has been one of the main focus areas and I'd say as part of that it's you know the engagement does fit into that brands may have to 
pay for the reach, um, especially on Facebook and Instagram. But the focus on partnering with influencers is going to be more about content and creativity. In other words, you're working with influencers who are really good at creating content. And by then finding influencers to get good engagement, if you boost that, you'll get even better return in terms of the engagement you get. And the other thing is working with influencers because of the credibility that those influencers have, their expertise, which can also be listening to them to help your own content marketing be better or um, helping them, uh, working with them so that they, they pass on some of that credibility um, to, to your brand and, and what you're doing. Thank you very much. Very well put. And now let's go to Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight, I-N-S-I-T. I also want to spell that for everybody. Lisa Durrett, 60 seconds. Keep it tight. What have you got for prediction, please? Um, I think it's just a repeat of what we had said earlier. I think that influencer marketing is going to become a core, um, always-on ingredient for the marketing mix, not just for B2C companies, which is, I think, what most people think, but for B2B as well. Um, <clears throat> I think that with all of the elements that we talked about, looking inside for, you know, employees and internal experts to become brand ambassadors and looking longer term um, and growing your, you know, influencer marketing mindset and strategy so that, so that your strategy and your goals will grow with your business. But I think influencer marketing will become and stay a core uh, ingredient of the marketing mix as we go forward. Thank you very much. Amisha, I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. Predict, please. So I think influencer marketing will become influence marketing because we're really going to start not just looking ah. at the people, but the way yep. people are being influenced. And I think things are going to come more together, and it's not just going to be the external influencers. I think people are going to combine the external influencers with employee advocacy and customer advocacy and bring it all together, and it will become influence marketing because we're all looking different ways we can provide you know, content and experiences to our customers and potential customers to keep them engaged. Um, and, and we'll have see more education, knowledge-based content. And I think it'll all go under the umbrella of influence marketing. Thank right. you. I like that. We're always intrigued when we get a, a redo or a, a change of nomenclature or what something is called. So I, we are out of time. I want to say thank you so much, Alistair Wheat. Such a pleasure to meet you. Lisa Durrett, always happy to hear your voice again. And Amisha Gandhi, don't be a stranger. It was too long to get you on Game Changers. You remember me way back when. And again, a shout out to Brittany Goo and to Lorraine Maurice who are helping with this program. And now here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt and shout out to Aaron our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel team. Here's my call to action. Finally, fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be an influencer and be a game changer right now today, just like Alistair Weed at Analytica, just like Lisa Durrett at Broad Insight, and just like Amisha Gandhi at SAP, and maybe like me, Bonnie D. Graham at SAP. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.